ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Relationships Rule Podcast. My guest this week is Kathy McAfee, and I am so excited to talk to Kathy, and I'll explain why uh, when I have introduced her, because she is a dynamo in a field that is very near and dear to my heart. She is an executive coach, a mentor, and author, and is known as America's Marketing Motivator. She launched her company 17 years ago and built a robust client base through relationships, referrals, and purpose-driven work. And today she works with organizations to prepare for the future by building more diverse leadership pipelines and with professionals who want a seat at the t- at the leadership table. Her signature work is the Fearless Leader Program, an eight-week group mentoring experience designed to help women and people of color overcome barriers to leadership. She teaches them how to leverage their connections, courage, and confidence to build more successful businesses careers and futures. And I think that's a piece of work that I really want to dig into in a bit because I think it's got such relevance. And Kathy is the author of several books, including one that caught my attention called Networking Ahead. So first of all, Kathy, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you, Janice. So great to be here with you and your listeners. Thank you so much. And I have to just share with my audience that Kathy and I actually connected on LinkedIn a few years ago, but nothing of any relevance. Like we didn't really, I don't think, have a conversation per se. I don't know. You know, we're always prone to saying yes to people and not really doing much with it. And um, and I had followed Kathy in her, um, in fact, I found some in my, uh, in my um, uh, files of your newsletter, because it was all about networking. And I was teaching networking. And so I loved what I heard. I must have heard you speak somewhere. And that's when we connected. And just recently, I've been doing a campaign to reconnect with connections on LinkedIn, which is such an important piece that even I don't do as a networker often enough. And through that reconnection with Kathy on LinkedIn, we actually have had a conversation and here we are today. And that's what I love, that reconnecting with people is so important. So the first thing I want to ask you, though, is about your your take on networking in the sense that you have a quote that I love more than anything. Networking is more than an event or activity. It's a strategy for a successful life. And that I think was the basis of that book. And I want you to speak to that because I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. That has been a key message. In fact, it's almost been a quote to me. I have said it so many times to so many groups and I believe it so wholeheartedly. And I think one of the reasons that people dislike networking is because of those weird feelings that we get inside ourselves when we're at events, talking to strangers, small talk, why am I here? Um, And that's how we think of networking as this awkward experience at an event, and we don't like to do the activity. But if you raise it up to its strategic 
purpose. It is so much more than that. It is a strategy, much like we have strategies to grow our business, to advance our careers, the essential how we're going to build the thing that we care about. So if you look at networking in a higher platform and start to treat it like a true business strategy, then all that weirdness just goes away. It's like, let's get on with this building of the network um, and these relationships. Yes. And I think, and I I may have gotten this from you, I don't know, but um, when I was looking at teaching and I did, I taught networking courses to people in the chamber of commerce uh, locally and, and um, business, small business owners. And I always used to say, you know, when you, the work starts before you go to the event, right? So what are the things you need to do when you get there? And that's part of the strategy, right? And I always said there are five people you need to meet in an event. And I don't know um, what your thoughts are on this, but for me, it, it was um, the host, the speaker, the, the, um, the, the registration person, because they could point you in the right direction. And then two hubs, I called them people who know everybody. And so if you can connect with those people, that's, you know, you're nodding your head. My audience can't see that. So tell me your thoughts on whether you say, I love it. I love it. You know, I'm a student of networking. I just learned something really important. Like I used to tell my, my folks um, that they just need to kind of create a low benchmark. If you're going to go to an event, come away with at least three, have three meaningful conversations and three connections that you can follow up on. You do not have to follow up and meet every single person at that event. That would be overwhelming and impossible. I do love Janice, how you've kind of targeted who those key people are. And you're right, the host, absolutely. Uh, the, the guest speaker, yes. And so many times, you know, as a guest speaker, people don't. Yeah, they don't connection, talk to you. But the ones that do, they get our attention and, and speakers are an interesting group of thought leaders that I think would be really good to have in your professional network. Yeah. So I always remember another important thing, and maybe you could speak to this because when people, small business owners are becoming, um, they get the opportunity to speak in front of a group as well. And perhaps, and when they go uh, this happened to me with with somebody that I know, and and she was very good at what she did. But when she got up in front of the room, she was definitely going outside of her comfort zone, and um, and good for her for doing that. But she would w- sort of wait in the background till it was time for everyone to sit down and then for her to speak. And I would say to her, go and work the audience before you get up there, because then you can involve them from those mini conversations that you've had, but you see for somebody who's not comfortable with it, she probably wouldn't have been able to do that anyway. Right. Brilliant, brilliant advice. Um, When we speak in groups, we want to be of service to the audience as opposed to me, 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 I, I, I look at me, I'm the expert. You know, you want to connect with your audience. It's another form of connection one to many, but it really is always one to one. So by, by, if you will, working the room or, or, or just introducing yourself and, and finding out who's in the room before the event, a couple of things happen. You get out of your own head and you stop worrying about your presentation anxiety. It's yeah. not going to help you anyway. So it warms you up as well as gives you a sense of who's in the room. And some of those you know, conversations that you have before you speak can be the ones that come up and talk to you afterwards because now they want you to succeed, right? Yes. 
Yes. Uh, so great, great advice. And um, yes, we all need to do that. There's so much anxiety with what am I going to say? How am I going to introduce myself? Uh, we stop listening, we stop learning, and we're no longer curious about other people. We're just worried about ourselves. Yeah. That is a recipe for disaster. So I love your focus on curiosity, Janice. Um, I think it is kind of a, it's a part of the DNA of <laughs> relationship building. It is. It is totally. I, I can't help myself, actually. And sometimes it can be, you know, you ask too many questions, Janice, uh, you know, but um, it is who I am. So, so what would you say then is the path to a more fearless networking approach or to being that fearless networker? I love it. And I love that you said path. Ah, it's exactly right. what it is. It's like a road. It's a journey. Um, and as I was thinking about this idea, the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Oh, yes. yes, it, yes. A classic book. If you haven't read it, it's a short book. It's a parable. It's fantastic for anyone who needs to get out of their own way. <laughs> and so the storyline are literally about these little mice and these little people, and they're in a maze, right? And they're stuck in what they think is their comfort zone. They're hiding in a corner of the maze and they're afraid to go out. They're afraid to go on the path right. for fear of, I don't know, danger, <laughs> danger right? Meeting up, ah, people are scary. Um, and so in networking, we can just kind of hide away and think of the pandemic when we all got locked down, we literally kind of had an excuse to kind of be by ourselves and hide. Mm-hmm. And yet even that, the path became virtual networking. And we had to intentionally reach out to people and actually became quite easier, less time, less money and, and global, you know, global possibilities of reaching out intentionally to keep those networks alive, to reconnect, to meet new people, to get curious about people. But just like those little mice in the book, you got to leave your little corner. You have to be courageous and take that step onto that path and the next step and the next step and the next step. And before you know it, you're really having a good time in the maze and you're enjoying your networking practice. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. That's great. Um, I've forgotten about that book, actually. That was a long time ago. Um, So I know I'm going to say, I want to talk one, one more question around this networking piece. And that, that would be really um, around um, some of the mistakes that business owners make when networking and, and it happens a lot. So what, what, what do you see as the biggest mistakes? My first and foremost mistake that I see over and over is just too transactional. Mm. We're just too much in a hurry to get the deal. Yeah. Get my card, buy my stuff. Uh, do this for me. There's no relationship building. It's just purely, it's the deal, right? And I always, you know, when we take the time to build the relationship, there'll be so many deals in the future, you know, you'll be giddy. So you you can't rush to a transaction because then you're just selling the relationship short. That's the first mistake. I think the second one is that we ignore our current network. Oh, we chase, yeah. We chase shiny objects and new people. And I mean, that's a classic, even in new business development, we think that new prospects are the path to success when it's really active clients, inactive clients and existing prospects, which are people that know us and we know them, but we haven't done business. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the land of, of opportunity, not chasing strangers. 
So ignoring your current con uh, network that you have built over years, big mistake, big mm -hmm. mistake that small business owners and professionals do. And then the last one I would say um, is just inconsistency. Mm -hmm. A lousy, lousy follow-up. And I don't mean to be judgmental because I'm right there with you. It's we're overwhelmed, we're distracted, our network grows. How do we keep up with it? But consistent follow-up um, and pre-work, as you also mentioned, uh, is essential to making you um, really an all-star relationship builder. Follow-up is the key. And you get to decide what your follow-up plan is. Mm -hmm. Create something that works for you that you can replicate that's easy um, have one, two, three follow-ups and you don't have to invent it every time. I think that, that that's so valuable because those three things are so important. They're so simple, you know, don't be so tra transactional. Think about the relationship building it first, because that will bring you more fruit in the, in the long term. And, um, <laughs> Ignoring your current network, I have found over the last year in particular, starting to reconnect with people, as I mentioned, in LinkedIn has been huge. I have gone back to people that, you know, have said, oh, my goodness, it's been so long. Hey, now's the time I'd like to look at this. And so they come to me with the prospect of work. And it's like, oh, my goodness, where was I? Forget the timing is everything. And it's their timing. So if you're not going back and checking um, once in a while, then the timing will never, you'll never be in front of them at the right time. And I always use a, a, a phrase that came from a company that's near and dear to both our hearts, I think, and it's to stay connected and be remembered. And so if you stay connected and you're in front of them, particularly with a tangible touch every once in a while, uh, as opposed to an email that gets lost in the rush, then, um, then you'll be remembered. And, um, and so I think follow up and again, yeah, I'm just as guilty as the next person in not being consistent, but we need to go ahead. Well, building, I know exactly what you, that origin of the, uh, the inspiration you were just talking about, because I happen to be, receive a beautiful send out card from you, um, very personal, lovely, and it's on my desk right now, but one of their key philosophies is to act on your promptings. So if you think of someone don't file it away, put it on the to-do list, like pick up the phone, reach out, uh, text them, let them know you're thinking about them. It doesn't have to be a big meeting, right? It's just, I was thinking about you and I'm reaching out in whatever form it takes. Exactly. Exactly. On your promptings. Otherwise that thought comes, it goes. And then three years later, you're like, gee, whatever happened to Janice? You know, I, I thought about her a couple of years ago. Um, Yep. Exactly. Yes, that is more of a serendipity in the moment mindfulness networking strategy and you can't do it all day long otherwise you'd be distracted you know 24 7 but they're meaningful uh, they are meaningful distractions because they're relationships that you care about and i actually like to when i'm training on on the the card sending piece i always say who needs to hear from me today you know, and it's either at the beginning of your day or the end of your day, because you've either had all of these conversations during the day, maybe you need to respond with one of those, or maybe just somebody comes into your mind, something made you think of that person. So having the tool and the trigger to be able to just make it happen right then quickly is what you need to do. 
act That's on those promptings. Love beautiful. it. Love it. So your work right now has shifted. And I love this. I, I love this. I mean, it's all around um, people and networking and, and um, becoming um, to leverage those connections and teach people how to do that through your program that you're doing now, the Fearless Leader Program. And I'd love you to share with my audience what that's about, because not only are you doing um, the leadership piece, but you're bringing in an important piece right now, which is about, um, um, oh, I forgot the word I was going to use, but but bringing in people of color and people who um, are, and women who are being underserved in a lot of ways too. too. Excellent. Yes. So when I first launched the Fearless Leader Program in 2020, it had to go all virtual because that's the way we were going to do business for the foreseeable future. And so you know, I started to develop this leadership development program where we, we amass leadership skill, we increase our courage, we bolster our confidence, and we, we get our businesses and careers back on track. And as I kept doing cohort group of 10 and 12 people at a time, I started to realize, A, who, who was coming to the table to do the work and the value that they held inside of them. And so I got really excited about working with professional women and people of color. And again, the, the collision or um, between what was going on in the pandemic and racial injustice and, you know, the near demise of democracy, all the things that were happening in the world, it kind of just woke me up to say, I have an opportunity to merge my work with my personal mission. Mm. And it took a bit of courage, I'll tell you, Janice, to actually say, instead of I work with people, hey, anybody, I'll work with you. Yeah. To I, I focus on working with women and people of color to help them get a seat at the leadership table. And to do that, we have to overcome some barriers, a lot of external barriers. Yes, sometimes <clears throat> we can't do much about those right now ourselves, but we can work our internal barriers, things like fear and the imposter syndrome and skills that haven't been developed and networks that are not developed and positioning that's, that hasn't been attended to. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there's so much as individuals we can do to get out of our own way and to overcome barriers. And we, we gotta, we gotta work on that. So to me, the fearless leader program is that self-awareness piece, that self-reflection piece, um, that personal development, a leadership development piece that we all need, not just when we're starting our careers and not just when we're at middle management, it's throughout your life. It's like networking. And by the way, Janice, we do study uh, networking. We call it building productive relationships. It's in week three of the eight-week program and absolutely paramount to a leader because a leader cannot create success by him or herself. Mm -hmm. They need people Mm -hmm. and you have to have productive relationships, warm and optimally functioning inside the workplace and in the community and across the globe networking. That's what it is. It's bringing people together, exchanging ideas, creating opportunities, collaborating. That's what a fearless leader needs to do, which means you got to get out there and build those relationships. Mm -hmm. So the thing that comes to my mind though, when you speak of, um, and, and yes, I think it does the, you're niching down the market, but it's also being brave to say who those people are because mm-hmm. there's so much, um, um, uh, there can be triggers around that mm-hmm. in, in people. And 
um, what was I going to say? Oh, that when you're working with women of color, people of color, is it just women? Or- well, no, I would say right now the statistics are I'm getting about 95% women. Oh, okay. I'm absolutely, I, I have always loved working with men and they are absolutely, anyone, anyone is welcome to come join this program so long as they'll do the work and, and honor the, the rules and boundaries of how we respect each other. All right. um, so, so that's my- all cool. Okay. So what I was thinking though, is I remember back to, I was doing some work at a local uh, junior college at the time here around networking. And I was asked to come into this, this um, professor's class that was um, a uh, very racially diverse. It was about diversity and inclusion. I think the class at the time, I don't think it was called that back then, but um And we were doing networking and like in-person networking and we put them in groups and we walked around the room and we talked about things. And it was really interesting because I did not walk in those people's shoes and I did not come as an adult to another country that was completely strange and so forth. And in this case, I know it's not quite the same, but there is some of that in the sense that how do you like my eyes were opened when I watched a networking group and the women were standing back because they were supposed to be behind any men that were in the in the room based on their culture and what they had learned and and they were Middle Eastern and and um, and it was just this is not how it works here. So right. how do you approach that? So do you get what I'm getting at here? I do, I do, and I love it. And and that's one of the benefits of intentionally building an inclusive and diverse and dare I say global network. Yeah. You get to learn about the world. You become cross-culturally aware and competent and and you're going to see these cultural differences and rather than just looking at the lens of in America we do it this way yes exactly um, you suddenly understand kind of the backstory and the social conditioning and, and values that other cultures have and you become actually there's a potential that you could become more diplomatic by having an inclusive diverse global network um, so a couple of years ago, I realized, Janice, that my professional network looked exactly like me. Uh-huh. All women, all white women, all hard driving professional type A women. And that was really fun and energizing, but it was, it was too, like a, it's almost like a financial portfolio. I had too much stock in <laughs> yeah. one thing and it could blow up. So I intentionally set a strategy. There's that word again, strategy to diversify my network. And I was keen to get to know people that were not like me. And I was very keen to get to know um, African-American and Caribbean-American people, women and men. Uh And interestingly, I also have always wanted to learn more about the experience of indigenous people and native Americans. Uh And I expressed that to you. I I had a a small learning uh, with a group called Dig Deep that was part of a big Mother's Day movement fundraiser. And I loved the work they do bringing fresh water and indoor plumbing uh, to the 2 million families in America who do not have indoor plumbing. Hello, this is happening (laughs) in our country. And majority of them were on on, uh, nations and, and tribal land and Native Americans without access to clean running water, without indoor plumbing. So that was kind of like an awakening. So I became curious and um, so I express that to you and boom, you think of someone in your network that you recently met and you said you should meet Valerie. This is how it works, folks. This is how the acting of the promptings, 
Um, you, you facilitated an introduction on LinkedIn. And because you were bringing us together, there was now more reason for us to act on that introduction. It was not as, it was a warm introduction from Janice. And so then Valerie and I connected on LinkedIn. We exchanged a couple messages. We set up a, a, a virtual coffee chat and boom, we're on the telephone with each other, getting to know each other, building that relationship. And, you know, within 30 minutes, our, our call did go long because we were really enjoying our conversation. <clears throat> I realized she was a fearless leader and I, I started to appreciate what she was doing with her work. Um, and I offered her a scholarship to the fearless leader program. Which was so amazing. And then of course I had to tell you because I wanted you to know the power and value that you added to two other people's lives and then thereby the people in their lives so when you really let relationships rule in your life and you become a fearless networker, you're going to feel this, this power that you have to bring people and opportunity together. And, and that's some of the thrill that you get. You get payoff just from that feeling. Shivers, you know, because yeah. that was, it was so cool. And, and actually that brings up a point of um, when you are truly one who connects people and wants to be that person, um, it's more than just being a networker. It is being a connector that when you start talking to somebody new, you're thinking, how can I best, who can I introduce them to? How can I best serve them? What would be, that's what I was doing in that conversation with you. And it just, she came up because I was so impressed with the work that she was doing when I met her. And actually, I'm glad that we, that it came back up because um, the person that introduced me to her, I'm going to be speaking to next week. And it's all, it goes around. It's a, yeah. It's a circle of life. Yeah. And you it, know, just your, your ability to connect people and do what you do now, it looks so effortless and natural, but you've been working on it for years. Yeah. It's your practice. It's also your superpower. You know, I have to say right now, my mom is watching because I really learned it from my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom was the, she had no idea, but she was the, the best networker in the world. And my mom was so cared about people so much that when she went on vacation, she didn't send us postcards. She sent them to the butcher and the fishmonger. And honestly, just people that she made them smile when she went in their store. So she wasn't going to be there for a while. She'd send them a postcard. Who did that? <laughs> Your mom. Your mom, mom, the fearless networker. My mom did that. Yeah. And bless that is amazing. What yeah. a great role model. <laughs> and that's also as business owners and leaders, we have opportunity, be like your mom, to role model what relationship building should look like in the 21st century and what it can look like. And how, again, it's we don't have to be totally selfless because when we build relationships, we also benefit. We can ask for what we need. Other people are more likely to help us because the relationship has been formed. So we do benefit. It's mutually beneficial, but we have, we do have to give first and to be of a giving, helping mindset um, and to make sure also that we know what it is we need so that we can express it clearly. Because I often say to clients, people can't read their, your mind. Right. They don't know what it is. You look like you have it all together. They don't know that you're really trying to develop and you're looking for a partner that will help you with this technology. Hey, I, I know someone, people yeah. know people. And yeah. so back to that transactional thing, yeah. when we transact, 
I look at you, you look at me, and we try to see how many dollar signs we can exchange. Yeah. But what you want to do is you want to look at the network behind the person, because that's where, dare I say, the real money is. That's where the opportunity is. So if I build a trusting relationship with you and I take care of you and care about you, I'm more willing to lend my social capital to you. Right. And you're more willing to open up your social capital, AKA your network to me. So behind every person, no matter what their circumstance, unemployed, in transition, mm-hmm. uh, filed for bankruptcy, going through divorce, whatever kind of like, oh, poor them, they have a network mm-hmm. and they're a human being and they're worthy of our time and curiosity and, um, and we can all help each other. So that's, that's kind of the magic and the, um, the humanity in networking. I think that, um, the piece around that though, that I still hold close to me is I, well, let me put it this way. Sometimes when you go to networking events, online, offline, whatever, someone will immediately want to network you with someone that they've just met, but they don't really know them. Okay. And that's fine. They're trying to do you a favor and, and, and so forth. If you're looking for, you know, um, a house cleaner or whatever, and they just met one and they, you know, but if I, I, I have a really good, let's use that as an example. If I have a really good house cleaner and um, I, you know, they're like gold, so you don't really like to give them away to just anybody. Right. Um, but you wouldn't connect them with somebody, just anybody you, right. You have, you protect your network to make sure that the connection is a good one. So you don't just connect people, you connect people when it makes sense and you value both sides that you have to ask first before you connect them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Getting that permission. um, And for certain people, that's really important. Others don't mind. Yes. They're kind of receptive, but every time you lend your social capital, you make introductions, you are putting at risk your reputation. Exactly. Exactly. You're like a banker, right? You're giving loans out. Yeah. Don't do it willy nilly. Yeah. You got to qualify. I hate to use it like a banking term, but you know, you qualify that person, you make sure that's a good fit. Um, and then, then you put it together. Yeah. Um, but you, you do have to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Deal, right? yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I just wanted to be clear on that because I feel that, you know, when you're connecting people, the person like that, you said that you're lending out, that's your social capital, you have to protect that and respect it enough that it's going to not waste that person's time, so to speak. I mean, they're not guaranteed, but, but still it has to be a good fit. And I always like to do that. So um, Kathy, you've written a, quite a few books and I'm curious, um, is there another one in your future? Oh, there is another one. I'm so glad oh. you asked. Oh. You're motivating me. Um, so mm-hmm. I've written four. I've, I've two under my name and two that are co-authored. So I've written Networking Ahead, Stop Global Boring, a presentation skills book. And then in a collaborative um, project, so I've written Sharpening Your Point with my strategic partner and friend, Lisa Wallace. And I wrote Defining You with my business coach, Mark LeBlanc and my publisher, Henry DeVries. And it's, that has been a very successful book. Um, And I love, actually, I've I've come to love the collaborative book writing, co-authoring experience because guess what? Get to work with someone, build a relationship and learn something from someone else. It's so cool. So we are working on a um, new project. Um, The title of the book, it's about fearless leadership, but the title of the book is The Fearless Leader. 
how smart women overcome barriers to leadership. Nice. And my co-author, I'm really excited um, to work with her. Her name is Rosemary Pato. She's actually um, a business consultant, works with large companies and executive teams. And she's actually just releasing her first book. So this will be her right on the heels of that second book. Uh, So we are, um, I've been working on this for actually for a year and a half. And um, you know how some things go, right? We've got these big ideas, big projects, and then they just kind of start to sit and get stale and we become afraid and we don't know what to do. And so even a fearless leader can fall victim to fear of rejection and failure. So uh, it's been really help reaching out to my network to find a really good co-author to be my, my buddy, my accountability buddy. And, And then by doing that, I mean, that kind of experience uh, bringing something, you know, creating something together, you're always going to be bonded. <laughs> so, so that book's going to come out. We we're going to really fast track the manuscript um, this quarter, the fourth quarter should be out in uh, early to mid 2023. And again, it will be connected with my signature work, the fearless leader program. So you have to come back when your new book. Yeah, starts. I'd love to, I'd love to, I'd love yeah, to. So, um, I just noticed on your, um, on your uh, speaker sheet that two things that stuck out for me, one that you are a survivor, if I may say of ovarian cancer, yay, yay. That's a huge one. And that's not a very pretty thing to go through. I have one of my best friends did is also an ovarian cancer survivor and the statistics aren't great. So I, that's just amazing. And things are still good in that. I don't know how long ago that was, but 11 years, 11 years survived. Touchwood, there you go. And the other thing that stuck out for me, I know these are smaller things in the big, in the big scheme of being an economics graduate from Stanford University. Okay. But what I noticed was second degree black belt in Taekwondo. That's right. Little old me, five foot four on a good day. That is yes. And that's a network too. I mean, and when I learned about Taekwondo, I went because we moved to a new community and my husband was going to enroll. And he said, look, you can come with me or you can stay at home. It's your choice. So I kind of went, all right, I don't want to stay at home. I'll go with you. And I met so many wonderful lifelong friends, but the interesting connection between a martial art and networking. Mm -hmm. Okay. Martial art. Always, always. I know it's a way of life. That's why they call it Taekwondo. Judo. The do means way of life. Ah. And so you live your life, not that you're, you're not running around beating people up. It's self-defense, but it's, it's a, it's a philosophy of living about respect and patience and, and, um, modesty had to work on that myself. (laughs) (laughs) But Networking is a way of life, right? It's something we, we not just go and say done tick. Yeah. We live our lives in this relationship building philosophy. So it, um, and not, not to mention Taekwondo also helped me overcome my physical fear. And oh. so in terms of the fearless leader, it's, yeah. you know, I can be a big scaredy cat, huh. uh, but now that I have 12 years of training, I at least kind of maybe know how, how to respond should that situation ever arise. So awesome. we all have to work on our different forms of courage. For sure. For sure. Well, this, this is like, we could go on forever. There's so much I could, I could learn from you as well. Um, as we move forward, I think that, um, well, let me ask you this before I go to my last question. Um, do you find now with this work that you're doing that 
you are looking at or looking for um, uh, independent small business owner people to be uh, to bring into the fearless leadership um, program, or is it is it corporate still? Is it bigger companies? It or is that- a diverse range. Okay. I do have uh, corporate employees uh, where their company pays, pays their tuition sure. and they're looking at that person to develop them and have them grow into leadership. Yeah. I also have independent consultants, small business owners that need that, that work on themselves so that yeah. they can grow and build their business. Um, and I have um, nonprofits and people that are starting movements. And what's, what's so cool is when you have a, what's called a cohort learning uh, experience that you're learning along people who are not from your same company, right? They don't, they don't walk in your shoes. You have such an opportunity to grow and expand. And that group mentoring aspect, I'm not just the only one teaching, right? Uh, everyone is teaching because everyone has experience, right? And they all come from a different place. Yeah. So yeah. we have, I will say we have had the age range for the fearless leader so far. My youngest fearless leader is 17 and oh, was and wrote actually a business plan to launch her career as she went into college. And just, she's someone to watch out for. And then to date, quote, my oldest, my most seasoned is 68, probably almost near 70 now. And she lost her job during the pandemic and started her own podcast. Love it. She's like, yeah, she's a rock star and she's learning all those things. So she's not done yet. Um, and, and everyone in between. So I can't tell you the exact level of leadership experience. We all need to work on ourselves. We all have a fearless leader inside. We're all called upon to overcome some hardship, some roadblock. We all have a dream. We all need help. (laughs) But this program, um, we work with, you know, who's willing to do the work, who comes, what's your dream? What are you building? Um, what's in your way and let's work together to overcome those barriers and roadblocks and get you building momentum on your business and career. That's amazing. And so um, one last question for you, Kathy, and I will also have all of your um, information about your program, your website, and your LinkedIn. I will put on the show notes so people can find you if they're interested in the signature program. There is a website, thefearlessleader.com. And just what would you say, what, what's your final piece of advice to my audience? And, um, you know, what would you like to leave us with? Awesome. Well, I would say today is the perfect day Mm -hmm. to renew your networking practice and commitment. So start networking now today and never stop, never stop. Make networking a way of life, make networking and relationship building a core strategy to build your business, to build your career and to build your life. Mm-hmm. You just, you have to overcome that fear. If you still, if it still gets in the way, do it anyway, afraid, just build relationships and listen to Janice's podcasts every time they come out, because you're going to learn tips and, and new ideas to really make this part of your successful life. You're the best. Thank you so much. And thank you so much to my audience again for being here. We couldn't do it without you. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, 
and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.